like that the Leafs won, obviously, but the Dennis Malgan still got an assist. Gotta protect the brand. Gotta protect the brand. Let's go! Give me what I want! Kick down the door! Drew, you are not doing this! What the not nice! There's a giant hit! You hear yourself! I made like 2,000 of these. I'd like to have fun. With you, wherever you are, welcome to LFR. Buddy, the Leafs won the game, therefore the Leafs won the Mulligan trade, and therefore with the Kadri trade, they're like tied. They're like even. That's, you dropped it. That means I'm wrong. Okay. Oh, producer Drew, you know I love these ones. Leafs win! Mmm. Here, here, wait. No, I didn't like that one. Let me do it. Leafs! Mmm. No, no, we gotta. Leafs win! That was, that was good. Six to two over the. Producer Drew, I, I need I need your help. I I can't. Uh, oh, over the Colorado Avalanche. Are the Avalanche in trouble? Are the Avalanche like bad? Has Joe Sakic built a bad team? Look at this. Look, me talking about how Joe Sakic should be fired in 2017. I was truly ahead of my time. Was I wrong or just early? I'll let you decide. No, listen, the Leafs played a great game. Let's talk about it. First of all, happy new year to all of you. I'm shooting this at, at bang on midnight, actually. And if you're watching this and you're like, oh, Steve, that's sad. It'll happen to you too. I'm already one Pepto deep. How about we ring in the new year talking about the Leafs beating the reigning Stanley Cup champions, thereby winning the 2023 Stanley Cup. They're the first team to beat the reigning champs in 2023, therefore the Leafs are the 2023 champions. Anyway, think you know which way it's gonna go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. When the puck drops, Sports Interaction has you covered. Pre-game, live betting on all major sports, and prop bets. Wanna bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com stpn. That's sportsinteraction.com stpn. It's 19 plus. Please play responsibly. You know what's funny? You take a look at the Toronto Maple Leafs roster and who did they got? They got Alexander Kerfoot. He used to be an Av. Connor Timmins. They got him from the Coyotes, but he was drafted by the Avalanche. He was actually part of the return sent to the Coyotes in exchange for Darcy Kemper. And then, of course, there's Dryden Hunt. So we got three chances at some sort of revenge game. But all anyone could focus on was heading into the game. He's back. He's back. Back in the Avs lineup, Dennis Mulgan, as well as Na Nathan Mackinnon. He must be a call-up. And man, the Arizona Coyotes do something. Like, dude, I was mad about that loss. I wasn't happy about it at all. I didn't think the sky was falling. There were some trends that I didn't like. Uh, the goaltending's been a little wonky lately. Defense not quite as crisp as it used to be. Do, do we still need to trade Morgan Riley, by the way, or is that expired? Leaf fans, I guess what I'm trying to say is you remind me a lot of my old dog, Charlie. He's that one. I'm pretty sure he's that one on the Victory Puppies thing. That's Iggy. He's alive. Make jokes to get through the pain. Single tear. The way Leaf fans remind me of my old dog, Charlie, is, you know, he, he was adopted. He was an adopted dog and he was like a lot of adopted dogs. Generally sweet and fun-loving, but you can tell he's seen some stuff. But he can't tell you what it is, and he also doesn't know if he had the time, if he could. Like, everything was going so great, and we were talking about, like, who do the Leafs need to acquire before the deadline, and what's going to be different about this year, and I had a number of Leaf fans over the last two weeks, over the holiday season, you know how people gather, saying, am I wrong saying this year feels different? It just, ah, feels a little different. 
one! One loss to the Coyotes, one yard sale. All of a sudden, it's Malgin hat tricks all around! Dude, I wasn't even thinking that, and ranting's kind of my thing. So I went into this game with a cool head, trying to be calm. And after the first few minutes, I'm like, uh-oh, Colorado's the better team. That's not good, considering they got Nathan McKinnon back and everyone's still injured. But the Leafs got something during the opening minutes in which Colorado was the better team, and that is goaltending. Now, once again, do you want to have a bad start? No. But did Matt Murray come up with the big saves? Yes! But do you want to have bad starts? No! That part was the same as the one two parts ago, so you File that in a folder called worry about that later. Cause it's still December. At the time this- Who's texting me past midnight? It's my friend, happy new year! Like champagne glass of It's 12.09! So that's how far down the depth chart I am. I'm nine minutes into text! Anyway, we file that into don't worry about that until later. It's still December at the time that this game happened. Matt Murray was sharp as a tack in this one. Let the save percentage go. In terms of scoring chances, the Avs had a number of big scoring chances where you can't demand a save, it'd just be nice to get one. Murray made a number of quality stops, including one like right in the first minute, big toe save, goes to the half board. It's only one save, but it's a big one. That goes in, who knows? Now. I know about this next part because of producer Drew, he gave me a little uh, scouting report on the Avalanche. A big story with the Leafs over the last month is they've had all these injuries on defense, but they've still found a way to win lots of games. But the reason that is noteworthy is not all teams do that. It's actually really hard to win a lot of games when all your defenders are out. And before the game, Drew's talking about this guy named Andreas England, and I'm like, I don't recognize that name. And then I thought about it and I'm like, oh no, no, no I have heard that before. I think he was in a Dangitz video once. And Marner, I don't know if he put him in another one, but this is bad. This dude is me playing EASHL against a team that's way better. Oh, here I am. I'm going to lay him out with this big hit. And the moment you don't make contact when you're supposed to, you realize, oh, heavens, I've messed up. Look how fast Mitch Marner is this many body lengths away from him. That's bullying. And a save would be good there from Georgiev. It'd be good, but you can't expect it of him and he doesn't give it to them. He's overcommitted to one side, Marner shoots at the side, he didn't overcommit to, scores! Marner with his 14th and the Leafs are up 1-0. In part, by the way, like the Marner move was great, but Yarncroak finding him in the neutral zone, mwah. It's funny, at intermission, Elliot Friedman talking about the Leafs potentially adding on defense and adding up front, and I think we all agree that they need this second line left wing void filled. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but they filled it. Really, Steve? Callie Yarncroak? That's the answer? You want to know what his last five games are? One point, one point, three points, one point, one point. He's got three goals and four assists in his last seven games, no penalty minutes. He has a point in every single one of his last nine games except the game against San Jose. Now, this was also the first time since November 26th that Yarncroak played over 16 minutes, remembering that he was injured for several weeks in there as well. So will he be the second line left wing heading into the playoffs? I don't know, but he's a heck of a stopgap. He's doing an amazing job right now. Imagine how good this team could be with him pushed down the lineup. Speaking of down the lineup, the third line, all of them factor into this goal. Kerfoot with an assist, Camp with an assist, Engvall with the goal. There's a rebound in front, and who finds it? Do the Avs find it? Here's the look. Uh, do they find it? They do not. They do not. It's Engvall who finds it first. It's that long neck you see. He can see over defenders and the horizon. And that dude's heating up too, and now less than halfway through the first period, the Leafs are up 2-0. 
until JT Comfer got the avalanche on the board, and this was maybe the one play of the game that kind of concerned me. Because here comes Comfer, he's going up right against the Giordano Hall pairing, and everything seems fine. And all he does is one move through the slot, gets farther away from the net, shoots, and scores. I don't even know who to yell at on this one. Like, it feels like soft defense, but also maybe your goalie should stop that one. And sometimes you gotta tip your hat to the shooter, and may maybe I should have done that last game with the third goal. Some people were saying that. This one shouldn't go in. And it's a late period goal, and unfortunately that's how we had an intermission. But how do we come out of intermission? Oh, Avs fans were not happy. Just eight seconds in, Ben Myers with a slash on Justin Hall. You can't do that. And I know it's the power play, and the whole point of a power play is the team on the power play has more guys than the penalty killing team. The Avs are nowhere near bunting, and he's the guy at the front of the net. And once again, the team in front of Georgiev letting him down, but Georgiev just nowhere near being able to save this puck. Leafs up 3-1 off of Bunting. Now the Avs do pull back within one. This one's just a mess. It's bad luck on the Leafs part, but a smart read on the Avs part. Dryden Hunt, he's up at the point looking after and taking care of Devon Taves, except his stick breaks. And Devon Taves does what any smart NHLer does. He goes, oh! This guy's useless. And it's not because he's bad, it's because he has no stick. So he attacks the net. And all of a sudden, there's a huge numbers problem in front of the Leafs net. And Dennis Mulligan's buzzing, so maybe they got some of the Leaf fan thing, like, oh my god, he's gonna score. And Matthews panics and said, okay, fine, I'll do it myself. Taves throws it just into general danger, and it goes in off of Matthews. Avs make it 3-2. Dennis Mulligan picking up the assist. How could the Leafs have let him go? By the way, it was his third assist of the season and it was a secondary assist on a goal that the Leafs scored on themselves. But towards the end of the second period, this is where the Leafs just completely pull away. Nylander, in pursuit of 50 goals on the season, it's been all the rave, decides to be a little selfless and pass it to a guy who could really use the goal, Austin Matthews. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. A relatively young player in this league, not very well known yet. Uh, has a very good shot though, I read on the scouting report. And this is how Georgiev and the Avs tried to stop it. I think the strategy here is they gave Matthews 90% of the net to shoot at to confuse him with too many options to compute. And he'd be confused with, I could go in the middle of the net or in the center and like the left and the back. And then he would like fire it into the mesh. And he did fire it into the mesh. It was just the mesh that was like inside the posts. Now the Leafs are up two and they're the better team. And this just doesn't look like it's going well. And then Dryden Hunt comes very close to his first point as a Leaf. He's battling in the corner. Nathan McKinnon fires it up the boards to be stopped by TJ Brody. Brody throws it on throws it on and I encourage you to go back and watch the goal and laugh hysterically at how late Pontus Holmberg's reaction is. It's like, scores, Mississippi. Oh, we scored! Yeah, they do that in the show, kid. And you know what's funny? It just kind of looks like a bad goal, like one that should be stopped by any NHL goaltender. On the broadcast, they're like trying to find a reason for it with Georgiev, like, oh, he's not expecting a shot there. And I thought they were just making excuses, and then I watched the replay from behind the net. Here's a screenshot of when the goal went in. Uh, do, you, do you notice a problem with it? There's no puck in this shot, because the shot is not on the back of the net, because they did not think a shot was coming, and normally I would think they were right. This more than makes up for the penalty shot, now the Leafs are up 5-2, Georgiev's pulled, Jonas Johansson goes in, this game's done. And it's funny what a lack of memory uh, does for your confidence. Cause it's like halfway through the third and I'm like, this game is done. There's no way the Leafs are gonna blow this. And then about halfway through the period, I remembered 
The Leafs blew a 4-1 lead to Colorado just last year. And like almost immediately, as if he was reading my mind, Kerfoot took a tripping penalty. Oh no! And it was Kerfoot, and it was Kerfoot. But no, no, the Leafs just sort of killed it. Matt Murray did have to make a few sharp saves and the Leafs just won. Nylander scored an empty net or two. No, he didn't. He assisted on it. It was Michael Bunting. Sorry, I looked down at my notes. And this weird Leaf trend continues. They wildly outshoot the Avalanche 13 to six in the first period, followed by a really high event second period. Colorado gets 15 shots to the Leafs 12, which is still pretty good. Third period, nice and low event, seven, seven. And the Avs even had the only power play of that period. And what makes that recent trend even more interesting is the other day, did I not hear a stat where the Leafs have the best goal differential in the second period in the NHL? Go figure. Questions. Does Leo get to stay up for New Year's? Hmm? Mrs. Dangle? <laughs> Absolutely not. We had a kid's New Year's tonight at the place where all the friends brought their kids by and uh, we did New Year's at six o'clock because parents are liars. And parents, if you're looking for ideas for next year or just any random Tuesday because they're kids and they don't care what day it is, do a balloon drop. Dude, they give you this plastic thing and like we bought 45 balloons, we only needed 30 of them. It took like a few minutes for the both of us to tag team and blow up a bunch of them. You shove them in the sack and then you do a countdown, three, two, one, and you rip this cord and all the balloons come out and the kids lost their minds for the next 45 minutes. All of them slept totally peace peacefully. So no, he did not stay up. And e even if we had let him, he would have been too tired from the balloon drop. Are you surprised that Malgan didn't score? Honestly? Yeah. It's not even because I think the Leafs are cursed. They are. But it's because, like, I'm surprised Malgan didn't score more as a Leaf. Like, towards the end, it wasn't very good. It became obvious he maybe wasn't the best fit in the bottom six. And then they put him in this golden opportunity slot with Tavares and Marner, and it just didn't work. But when this guy played right wing, if Colorado could put him in a position that he's most accustomed to, he's speedy, he's tenacious, he's got a shot, he's got skills. Honestly, I think he could have success in Colorado. I think he can have success anywhere in the National Hockey League. It just didn't work out here. Perhaps not as much as Mason Marchman, but we're, we're past that. What are some things that concern you about the Leafs that you hope get addressed and fixed in the new year? Consistency is a hard thing. And I think we got really comfortable because the Leafs were extremely consistent for a while. And the consistency was they won all the time. But it was the way they won all the time. No matter who was in net, Simsonov or Murray, no matter who was on defense, literally no matter who was on defense with all the call-ups, they were still winning games. And now it fluctuates a little bit with the goaltending and there's been a few real lapses uh, on D recently. We know the standard that the Leafs can play to. We know what it is. Actually, I think we saw it in this game. What they gotta do between now and the trade deadline is they gotta prove they can stay at that level. You don't have to win every game, but prove that you can stay at that consistent, responsible, hard-nosed level. Less they do that, the more changes they're gonna make. Any New Year's resolutions? I just wanna be more grateful. Um, I am grateful, like, of the life that I have and everything. I'm grateful that you watch every video. And sometimes, you know, I talked in the book and I talk often uh, about, you know, developing a thick skin like, dude, I've been making YouTube videos since 2007. That's a long time. And at some point, you got to learn to not 
read the comments so much and read the tweets so much but part of the reason this channel's grown so much and why i like doing it so much is i do read the comments and i do read the tweets because i want to like actually talk to you and build a connection with you and i don't know sometimes the mean stuff gets to you and you start to feel like no one likes you and it's like dude fifty thousand people watched that last video and thousands of people thought it was great and sent it to their uncle or aunt or cousin or mailman or whoever whatever and then first name bunch of numbers says you stink and points out something like the moles on your neck that go on a perfectly straight line down and yeah now you're never going to be able to unsee that are you want to know what's wild if i pull this down a bit there's another one maybe grateful isn't the word i want to be more focused on the positive. Does that make sense? Let's all be focused on the positive. And you never know, positive might just come to you. See, that's an inspiring thing to say in 2023. In 2020, it was, you know, a little bit more ominous. So, that is it for this one. Thank you very much for watching. Click like if you like this video. Click subscribe if you really liked it. Tell all your friends. Be positive. It's 2023. Look at you, already starting the year on a great note. Click and like and click and subscribe and, you know, feeling good about yourself. That you, you help me get to 200,000 subscribers. You, you should. Thank you for that. You should, you should feel good about yourself for doing that. You just, give yourself a pat on the back right now.